When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Marriage isn't fair. Marriage isn't about parody. It's about alchemy. It's about transformation. It's about magic. It's about this amazing thing that happens. You know, a marriage that's based on 50-50 proposition is a formula for failure. A marriage is there's you and there's me. And then there's this third person. And the third person is the us. Dear young married couple, today we're talking about the go-giver marriage, practical secrets for lasting love. And we have the privilege of interviewing John David Mann and Anna Mann. They are such a unique and Mm -hmm. fantastic duo. They really are. Um, John is an author. He's actually a four times New York Times bestseller author. Um, You've probably heard of the Go-Giver series, and he is the co-author in that series. And he co-authored this book with his lovely wife, Anna, who is a therapist and speaker educator about keeping your love truly alive. And in this uh, conversation, such a fun conversation yeah. for, for both of us. <laughs> they are fun. Um, we They talk about two secrets to really making your marriage go to the next level. So listen up and I hope you enjoy it as much as we do. So welcome John and Anna to the podcast. We're so thankful to have you on today. Oh, we're delighted to be here. Yeah, Aww. we're so happy. Thank you. Well, when we uh, first saw that you guys wrote a marriage book, we're, we're excited to have you on to talk about it. Yes. Because um, a couple of years ago, we read The Go-Giver, mm-hmm. and um, it really did, I think, impact us in a deep way about the importance of giving. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. not being so tight-fisted. With, with money and yeah and so that was such a great book it when it was written from a different perspective too because mm-hmm. i mean we've grown up in church and we know you know the emphasis of giving has yep. has been taught to us our whole lives but it was written in such a unique way yeah. i love the parable yeah, the story the story and you guys include that in this new book as well the go-giver marriage yes yes absolutely that's yes. so neat yeah the, it's 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 uh it's a continuation of the same concept of using a parable to teach a principle. I mean, gee, what a concept, you know? Yeah, <laughs> Jesus kind of did that too. I think. <laughs> it seems familiar somehow. I don't know. Yeah, Someone some we all know and love. <laughs> Talk to him every day. You know? <laughs> well, we um, want to hear what you guys have outlined in this book. Uh, we'll get a sneak preview of it at least, and then folks can go pick the book up if they want to hear more. We recommend it. Um, but Talk to us a little bit before we get into the secrets to um, a lasting marriage. Talk to us a little bit about the foundation to the five secrets to a lasting marriage. Where did this concept come from? So, well, then I'll start and say, you know, you mentioned the book, The Go-Giver. 
And the, the principle of the, that, that book came out in 2008. So this is mm-hmm. like well over a decade uh, ago. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the foundational idea of that book is that if you take your focus off yourself and put it on, on, the, on somebody else, on other mm-hmm. people, that is, if you shift your focus from what can I get out of the situation, yeah. which is a natural human thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. To what can I give in this situation? Mm-hmm. How can I add value to that person's life? How can I lift that person up mm-hmm. in this situation that's we all know that's a noble thing to do it's a nice thing to do it's altruistic but what we're saying is it also benefits you and them it's not an either yeah. or situation right. it's not a zero-sum game when you shift your focus onto the other person your life rises you benefit you multiply you have an abundant life mm. well this is the same idea in a relationship that when the go-giver uh, first came out, my wife, Anna, who is here, who is a therapist and who has that background, has been in family therapy her whole life. Um, she looked at the book and said, this is a great book. And also it would be a great marriage book. It would be a great concept in relationships. Um, and that was, you know, almost 20 years ago now. So this book has been kind of waiting to be born until now. And that's the fundamental idea. People have been asking us for years, what's your guys' secret sauce? What keeps your marriage so fresh? What keeps your love so alive? And the answer really is we both approach our, our marriage, our relationship with a spirit of generosity. Mm. And, and that's, that's kind of the core of the book. We try to try to parse that and make it practical. Mm. Ah, Beautiful. So cool. And Anna, you are a therapist and you specialize in helping couples or you've helped a lot of couples at least. Uh, what did you recognize in the go-giver that you wish you could just give to every single couple that walks in your in your door? Well, when you get into a therapy room with two people, often there's a battle over who's right. You know, one mm-hmm. person's opinion versus the other person's opinion, and it's going back and forth. And uh-huh. you as a therapist are kind of the mediator of the dialogue while you're also trying to help them to have real tangible solutions to how they can work together with Mm -hmm. these differences. Mm -hmm. Um, And everybody brings to every marriage a lot of suitcases. And the minute the honeymoon ends, those suitcases start unpacking. Mm -hmm. And so whatever your history, whatever your history Uh is, starts becoming apparent. Mm -hmm. So if you had a, a father or a mother who was very very brutal and very difficult and who didn't listen to you or who who diminished you or who shamed you, Mm. um, you may pick up those habits unconsciously and start playing them in Mm. your marriage. So I found that a lot of times I would give homework and I found that one person in the couple was eager to finish the homework and do a good job. And the other person was sometimes reluctant because not both parties you know, they were not both on the same page about working on the marriage, saving the marriage and making the marriage richer. They had already made up their mind that it couldn't shift. They were like, oh, I didn't know I'd be this unhappy and I'm just not sure I want to go forward. So, you know, life can be really difficult and it'll throw you curveballs and difficult things happen to people. So I found that I really worked on solutions. And so when we decided to write The Go-Giver Marriage, and honestly, we decided the 20 years ago, we started, you know, we walk every day, we take long walks together, we started designing and talking about what would the five, you know, every go giver book has five habits or Uh five 
secrets, if you will. Uh-huh. And um, we decided what those would be. And it, we had long talks about what happens in therapy and what are the what are the things that hold people back? What are the ways that they really get caught? Mm-hmm. You know, scorekeeping being one, you know, they're mm-hmm. just scorekeeping back and forth. You know, I did the dishes three nights this week. What have you done? Yeah, you know, we've never done that. Can you talk a little bit more about that so we understand what you're talking about? Foreign concept, no familiarity at all. <laughs> no one's ever done that in a marriage. Um, but you so do you know, we don't score keep in our marriage. We don't we don't score keep in our marriage. But I think that I score keep less than she does. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, how does that feel? I'll have to check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. But Anna, you guys do talk about throwing out the scorecard. Um, talk to us a little bit more about what that means and how that helps in a marriage. You know, there's a line in the book, and I want to make sure I quote it correctly. It's that a fifty-fifty, you know, a marriage that's based on fifty-fifty proposition is a formula for failure. Yeah. Mm. Why? And it's that I, because it's so natural. It's like little kids in the sandbox. You've got my pail and I want it or the shovel or whatever it is. You know, it's like people score. And in in couples, you know, I mean, people score on sex. They score on money. They score on who did the chores in the house. Mm -hmm. They score on who's taking better care of the children or who's paying attention to the children. Mm -hmm. Who's got a bigger Mm -hmm. workload at work. Yeah. There's just so many ways you can score. Totally. And you can go on endlessly. Yes. And Infinite so, yeah. So we're really trying to help people to understand that you could wallow for the rest of your marriage in the scorecard, or mm-hmm. you could decide to take minutes a day to give to your partner in tangible ways that will actually feed and nourish the marriage. Mm-hmm. That's good. And one of our One of our concepts that we have in the book as well is that we have two circles, you know, the two people that come together and the two circles intersect. Mm -hmm. And in the place of intersection, each circle remains an individual. Each of you remain individuals in the marriage. You don't merge and lose yourself. Mm -hmm. But in that intersection that comes together, that is the energy of us. That's the energy of the marriage. Mm -hmm. And you are either feeding it or you're harming it and starving yeah. it. Yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. Wow. I like Can I jump that. in and say a word about that? Please. It's, yeah. it's that, that, that's, this is, I think the first half of the book, by the way, is, is called the parable and it's, mm-hmm. it's like the go-giver. It's a story. Yep. In fact, there's even a story within the story, a fairy tale mm-hmm. within the parable. And that was kind of my contribution because that's what I do. I'm a storyteller. Mm-hmm. The second half of the book is honest. And it's called the practice. And it's where she takes the secrets, the principles, and actually makes them practical and mm-hmm. tangible and shows you how you can you can actually execute them in, in your own life every day. And this thing of this, this thing of the two circles in the intersection is, is honest and it's 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 a brilliant. Um it, what what I get from it is that it's like you asked earlier, Adam, I think, you know, why, why do you do the 50-50? Why is 50-50 a formula for failure? Mm. What is the scorecard about? And I think what it's about is that we tend to come, just like I was saying with a go-giver, we come to a relationship with a concept that it's a zero-sum game. There's mm. me and there's you. There's only so many pieces of pie, whether that pie is, again, sex, finances, chores, you know, food, who, whose favorite movie do we watch tonight, right. whatever it is. So <laughs> if I give you a piece of pie, then I'll have one piece less. It's kind of like a win-lose game. If you win, mm. I lose. If I win, you lose. Mm. That isn't the reality. That isn't how a marriage really works. Mm. A marriage is there's you and there's me. And then there's this third person. Mm. 
And the third person is the us. Mm-hmm. And so let's take, let's take uh, sex as an example. It's really easy to look at sex as, trans, as a transaction, even if we're intimate and we're close and we're loving. But yeah, there's sort of a transactional nature there. We're like, you know, but the truth is that, that sex and the same thing is true of watching a movie together or cooking a dinner together mm-hmm. or li- living together in any way mm-hmm. is a confirmation of, of the usness of it. Mm-hmm. It's a confirmation yeah. of the intersection of the circle. Neither one of us loses because when you feed the us, we both grow larger. Mm-hmm. I love that. That is good. And that's the concept of giving, right? And it's not the giving yes. and receiving doesn't doesn't take away from oneself it just grows the us it seems like there's this if if someone on on so say i'm giving and giving and giving and i don't feel like the other person is like reciprocal in that fashion of of pouring into the us Mm -hmm. then maybe i become more protective over you know more protective over what i give sure and start looking with more you know just mm-hmm. being critical and coping of, mechanisms yeah, come like, into play. Come on, are you mm-hmm. going to pitch into right? And that's maybe where that scorekeeping comes into play. It would seem. Yeah. When is it my turn? Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 When do I? When do I get my turn? It certainly. Yeah. It certainly does. And and coming back to sex, you know, it's like I, when I speak with clients, I'll often say, "Well, what if sex were a gift? And what mm-hmm. if your focus mm-hmm. wasn't on your own pleasure, but rather on?" adding value and giving pleasure to your, to your partner. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, when you really decide that you're going to make this a gift and you're going to give, then what happens is that th- it's like a boomerang. It comes home to you in major ways. There's nothing yeah. more powerful than really experiencing the joy of your partner and knowing that you did this. Yeah. 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 So That's right. Yeah. yeah. And yet people and lose you- that all the time. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Marriage, marriage is not fair. <laughs> That's good. Marriage, it isn't about being fair. And if you look for fairness, if you look for the fair score, then you're going to be, you're going to be looking in this you and me way through those lenses, through those goggles. Marriage isn't fair. Marriage isn't about parity. It's about alchemy. It's about transformation. It's about magic. It's about this amazing thing that happens which is we say in the book at one point that the purpose of marriage is to give yourself to another person and in the process become a better you. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens. It's, it's the opposite of traditional economics, which says that if I give you something, I have less. In the mm-hmm. Go-Giver books, we have this idea called the Pindar principle, which is the more you give, the more you have. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make mathematical sense but it very much does make human sense. That's our experience. Mm-hmm. The more compassion you give, the more, the more respect, the more trust, the more love, the more time, the more of all these things you give to somebody, you end up with more, not oh. less. Yeah, it's, it's tied, I think, to the, the sowing and reaping principle. Yeah. When I sow a kernel yes. of corn, I, I get yes. hundredfold back. It's mm-hmm. not a, a zero one to one transaction right. or I give you, you get, you know, scratch my back, I scratch yours. Like, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. These are, this is not selling indulgences. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Like, it, you know, like selling and indulgences. It is a blessing. That's not how marriage works. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, it, and it is a blessing when you give in that kind of way where you're not expecting return for yourself. 
Um, mm. it, it's just so powerful. It is a huge blessing to the marriage. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I know we're not going to like give all five secrets. We want folks to get the book and really read it and apply it. But could you guys give us a sneak preview? Maybe each of you tell us your favorite secret of the five and a little bit more about that secret. So we'll start with you, John. What's your favorite secret of the five? <laughs> um, would it be okay if I, if I tossed the baton to Anna? <laughs> sure. <laughs> How about for you, Anna? What's your favorite? That's, that's giving right there. <laughs> he wants to know which one I'm going to lead with. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, then I'll do the other my one. My <laughs> actual favorite secret is the first secret. Okay. And it's the secret of appreciation. And all of the secrets, every one of them is based in developmental theory. So it's based on the things that you needed as a child and as an adolescent and a young adult and now as a full adult. All right. So these are all things that never go away. You always need them. When you're a baby, the best thing in life is having somebody cooing over you and, you know, blowing kisses on your belly and just letting you know that you are the most wonderful baby that right. ever arrived, right. you know, so when you get older, you don't lose that desire to be witnessed. You, you never lose the desire to be witnessed and understood is the most compelling driving force that we have. Ooh. And so to be appreciated in authentic ways. And I often say to my clients, I'm not talking about casually walking through the kitchen and saying, you look cute today, honey. <laughs> you know, it, it's not a, a casual you know, brush with affection that way, as much as it's an opportunity to take your time and let that person verbally know what you appreciate about them. Mm -hmm. And a great example that I just heard on a call was, um, you know, a client who said that, you know, her husband took the kids Christmas shopping and they both work. They can't afford to get by without both of them working. So they work and they, you know, they adjust their schedules to be there for the children he took the kids shopping and she said, she stopped him and she said, when they were done, she said, I need you to know that last night when you took the kids shopping, I was so shot. I just felt like I wanted to go dunk my head. I just couldn't cope with another thing. And mm. not only did you take them shopping, but you took them and just cleaned up their whole shopping list. They had ice cream with you. They had a blast. They went out, they had fun, they came home. Then you took them upstairs and wrapped presents with them. They, I haven't seen them so excited in so long. Mm. And what I want you to know is that not only are you my savior, but you just, you're such a wonderful father. And I just, I just thank God every day that you're the father of our children. Oh, and wow. he said he, he was, <laughs> she said, he's a guy that always has something to say. And he was like blown back in his chair and was like, Speechless. wow, you, you have no idea how much that means to me. I want more than anything to be a good father. And she just looked mm. him straight in the face and said, you're an amazing father. Wow. That's and beautiful. that was their exchange. So was she always yeah. that good at expressing? No, she wasn't. <laughs> in fact, in fact, she said she used to be somebody who had, you know, she said she would have her hands on her hips when he came through the door. And she said her coin phrase for him all the time was, honey, we need to talk. <laughs> and she she came to realize that that would strike fear in his heart the minute he knew, heard it yeah. and um and with a little she was in a group coaching first and then she decided to do some personal coaching mm. and um, we do both we do group coaching small you know eight to 25 classes 
and we also, um, you know, do individual coaching. So she was just, uh, you know, she really changed her ways. And she said, it was almost like dominoes going boom, 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 boom. She said the benefit back to her, the ways that her husband started just waking up, being a hundred percent more romantic and just being mm. there for her in all kinds of ways wow. were just phenomenal. And they had been married like 11 years. So it wasn't like a brand new marriage. They had three little kids. Yeah. Wow. That's a good practical example of how the giving works in terms of appreciation, the first secret. Yeah. Can I pick up on a piece of that? Um, I just want to pick up on something. uh, Your question, Adam, it's a question you asked there, sort Mm -hmm. of, you slid in there. You know, was she always that good at at saying that stuff? You know, (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, we, we teach, and we teach this in the book to find something, to look for things you love about your partner. And then take a moment to say them. That's mm-hmm. like the simple exercise. We start with three things a day. Find three things a day that you love about your spouse and take a moment to tell them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what I want to say is that it, it, you don't necessarily have to be as beautifully articulate as Anna was in, with her, as mm-hmm. Anna's friend was, a person was in, in that example. Um, clumsy, awkward is okay. In fact, mm-hmm. if you're clumsy and awkward, that's usually like a, a plus <laughs> because it's authentic. It's real yes. for, yes. for some of some people, this may doing this may feel like using a muscle that you haven't used in a long time or for a while. It may feel a little weird. Like, uh, I just, I just got to tell you, and I'm, in my head, I'm saying, I don't, I don't even know how to how to get these words outright. <laughs> this is going to, this may sound a little weird, but, um, and I, I just give you a quick example in, of, of what I was describing. In the book, there's a, there's a passage, there's a, a fable about a young man and a princess. And, and every, every night they, they say, he, he comes home from work and he says, I love you. And she says, I love you too. And this goes on for forever. And then one day she, he comes home and he says, uh, I love you. And instead of saying, I love you too, she says, really? How? Mm-hmm. And he says, what, what do you mean how? She says, well, what is it you love about me? And he says, oh, I, I love everything about you. Mm-hmm. She says, yeah, but what exactly? I need, I need specifics here. Mm-hmm. Which to me is like such a white thing to say. Totally. <laughs> and, and he's True. floored. He doesn't know what to say. He's like, he says, well, you're very beautiful. And she's like, yeah, everybody, you're, everybody's beautiful when you're young. Yeah. Try again. So he, th- so he does. He thinks that. And he says, well, you're the most thoughtful person I've ever known. Mm. And she says, really? He says, yes. And she goes, wow, thank you. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And I want to tell you, that is from our life. Because yeah. I, I said this once to Anna years ago. Mm-hmm. I said, you're, such, you're the most thoughtful person I've ever known. Mm-hmm. And she said, really? And I said, yeah, really. Because I, I meant that's okay. That qualifies as what we're talking about. That's good. Um, it's just taking a moment to be authentic and, and identify. Here's, yeah. And here's the trick. In order to tell somebody what you love about them, you need to first go find it. Mm-hmm. You need to go seeking. You need to do some investigation. And this is a good thing. That's because so when you start investigating what it is specifically about your spouse that you love, your relationship is going to immediately feel the warmth of blowing on those calls. Mm. It's so true. And I think that's why we're, we have that in the very beginning. It it seems like we, we're not living with someone. It's, you know, things are, 
perfect and beautiful, and that's what we choose to yes. see. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Bro, we all have that. It's a powerful thing. It yes. Is. Yeah. I like the at the specificity piece. You know, having to specify what it is that you appreciate yeah. rather than just "I love you." Even you know, saying something like yeah. we we talk about this often, like "You're a good dad." That's nice. Yeah. But to say yes. like, "Hey, I noticed that you were like." wrestling with the kids on the floor and they just were so into it. They were so alive and it was special for me to witness that you're such a good dad. And and it's so different when you specify what it is that you appreciate. We'll be right back to the interview, but first we wanted to share something that we are really excited about. So, you know, we all have those times where we don't feel super connected to our spouse and we really don't know what conversations to have to get us to that connected place. And then on top of that, we're so busy that we don't prioritize those conversations. And that's why we created the monthly live date night. And monthly live date night is every month on a Friday night for 90 minutes, 60 minutes. It, we focus on a topic that uh, you guys pick and then 30 minutes we do a Q&A and it's live where we're all together asking questions and giving answers on topics related to your marriage, your intimacy. And we share tools. Uh, we have handouts that we call homework because we want you to be there to listen and to soak in. But we really want you to take action in your marriage too. So come join us live for the next monthly live date night. Check the link in the show notes for dates and details. All right. Back to the interview. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. When praise definitely. is specific or appreciation is specific, it becomes so much more powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. And the you're opposite awesome. of- yeah. What's that mean? right yes and the opposite of appreciation is criticism Mm -hmm. and everyone has grown up in some circumstance somewhere whether on a sports team or at school or from a sibling or a parent everyone's had the experience of being criticized by somebody and when that criticism is continual it just drives an enormous wedge And so when you're in that scorecard place, you're kind of choosing between one or the other. You can take the time to appreciate your partner every day and make sure they know how you feel and that you love them. And, and I also don't want to say it has to be like some long speech because we're talking about three times a day that will take approximately a minute. And Mm -hmm. sometimes some, some people do four and five times a day, but the point being that it's measurable, it's real. But I have a client that, and this is quoted in the back of the book, she got so into the compliments and the, the affection and the appreciation to her husband that as he was, he had just loaded a bunch of little boys into the car for a soccer meet. And he was turning around and he said something to her and was walking off to go to the car. And she, she called after to him. She said, have I told you yet today that you have the best butt in blue jeans? <laughs> <laughs> He like stopped in his tracks and turned around and he was like, well, it's even cuter out of blue jeans. Oh, <laughs> to which, hey. <laughs> to which she said, <laughs> she said, consider that a date, buddy. And I then he got it. in the car and took the kids to soccer Happily. and she went back in the house. Yeah. And it was like a whole, when she told me this story, I just howled because it was like such a beautiful moment of, of using appreciation in a flirtatious and affectionate way. Oh, that's awesome. That is so good. Yeah. How, how would you help people um, 
that maybe it's not for malice that they're hurting their spouse and not expressing these things, mm-hmm. but it's more forgetful. How would you like yes. turn like plug this into someone's day? So in that late, you know the the one the first client you talked about, you know she's standing there with her hands on her hips and like, yeah. I got to talk to you. How did you, how did you reframe that or put that into her day so she could actually express and build what she wanted? Well, when we work with clients, we actually give them printouts of the different secrets and, and also, you know, sort of the, the how to's. And we also, they usually read the book and especially the back of the book. Because that's where the how-tos and how do you employ this really are. Okay. But then we'll work on lists. Like sometimes I'll ask somebody to come back, come to their first session with an appreciation list that's at least 20, 20 items long. And people will arrive sometimes and say, well, I have six, but um, you know, I can't think of any others. <laughs> so you work with them on that. You, you yep. kind of interview them. You talk to them about it. Um, you coach them to look for the positive and to be in that investigative place. There's a, another line in the book that says every person is an unexplored continent. There's always something yeah. new to find. Ah, beautiful. And that's really true. And, and John has a beautiful story about that, about his friend, Marguerite. Yeah. I mean, um, my friend, Marguerite Crespillo, she, she's a realtor who, who uh, was on the verge of divorce one day with her husband. And she, she said, she came up to her husband and said, we've got to make an appointment and I'm going to let you make a choice. It's either with the uh, counselor or the divorce lawyer. Hmm. <laughs> he chose, he chose counselor, but he, <laughs> but reluctantly, really he was the one dragged in. Right. Hmm. Anyway, the counselor met with just my and said, and said this thing, I, I want you to list, make a list of five things you love about your husband. And she's like, I can give you a list of 20 things that are really bothering me right now. No, no, no. That's not the list I'm looking for. It's five things that you love about him. And she really had, she said, well, he makes a great lasagna. Does that count? <laughs> yeah, sure. That counts. Okay. It's, a, it's a start. Sure. Um, and, and she, so she worked on the list and she, she, she built the list from three items. Well, from, from one, the lasagna to, um, to, to five and then to 20. And eventually she, for their seventh anniversary or 10th, some anniversary, she gave her husband a little book that she'd written out called a hundred things I love about you. Aww. And she's got a book, that book just come out called a hundred things I love about you. Wow. And, and you know, this is 35 years later, you know, from, from my experience with Anna, like we've been together for 25 years and I am still amazed at how much I'm finding out about her that I didn't know. <laughs> we all have such a rich past. Even if we don't think we do, we do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have such a storehouse of experience. Anna, Anna mentioned these suitcases that we arrived with, these unpacked suitcases. And I love you, honey. I'm moving in. And by the way, did you see my luggage? <laughs> oh, no, I didn't know. You had all those 500 bags. That were <laughs> and they all start unpacking them themselves. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of those, as, as Anna says, are, patterns of behavior and patterns of affection that we learn, which may be negative. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there, there are they're the clothes that we wear, not all that laundry is clean, mm-hmm. but there's all these other suitcases of all these experiences we've had that made us who we are yeah. and that are wonderful, that are, are tiny, but memorable. You can unpack those for a lifetime. In fact, that's exactly what you do. You unpack them for a lifetime. And so mm-hmm. unexplored continent is, is, I think that it's easy to look for the things that bother you, and that's the scorecard. 
It may not come as naturally, so it is a conscious choice, but it is a lot more fun to go on a treasure hunt and look for the things that you've never even noticed before that are amazing about this person. Mm, yes. Oh, ah, so good. Such but, a- if I may add. Go ahead. Excuse me. I'm sorry. If I may add to, to fill out your question, you know, the, the husband who's just not kind of remembering and he's, mm-hmm. he, it isn't his, his thing, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that there's mm-hmm. other, there's five other secrets and believe it or I mean, four other secrets beyond this one, there's, you know, other ways that you can nourish the relationship and nourish the marriage. Mm-hmm. But I do want to say that, um, you know, the five suitcases often involve people's trauma and the places in them that aren't healed. Mm-hmm. And we all bring that to a marriage as well. Yep. And I find that sometimes the partner that is the least expressive, the most shut down, um, the one who struggles with that stuff is sometimes his own material and he may need to work with counter therapists to sort of open the gates. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've worked with men who really had rough childhoods, but they never made the connection that their rough childhood had an impact on their marriage. Yeah. Right. And when they woke up to that, they suddenly were like, Oh, wow. I I don't want to do damage or harm. And I I don't want the places in me that are hurting to hurt my, my wife. Mm -hmm. And, and that's kind of a revelation for people when they get that. And so in churches, and this is one of the things, because we are taking these um, workshops out, in churches, we're finding that, you know, we, have, we do some men's only group coaching or group trainings where mm-hmm. the men will all be together. And what we found is happening is that in men's groups, men are holding each other accountable mm-hmm. to the secrets. That's so awesome. they, they actually set it up as one of the things that they're working on together. So there'll be a man who will call another man and say, have you told her today? How many times have you told her that you appreciate her, mm. you know, and just yep. keeping them, keeping their little scorecard checked. And they're all reporting back that it's like magical, that they just need reminding. Yeah. You know, kind of like, you know, if, could you pick up your socks? You know? <laughs> <laughs> of course they meant to, they just, you know, yep. um, yeah. So Aww. That's yeah, neat. It's, it's sweet. Yeah. That's so good. Thank you so much. That's such a good like concept for people to apply. Oh, for sure. For sure. So, okay. We heard your favorite secret, Anna. How about you, John? And if you would, since you're the storyteller, maybe introduce your favorite secret with the story piece or a portion of the parable that's behind that secret. We'd love to hear. <laughs> um, sure. Sure, um, happy to do that. So it's um, it's funny. The the as I said, the first half of the book was called the parable, and it's it's a modern day parable about a young couple named Tom and Tess. And Tom is in the middle of or just beginning the the job interview of his life. Okay, and he's going through this job interview through the course of a day. Tess is dealing with their their special needs child and with their her situation with him and mm-hmm. meeting with a, a, a number of other people. And so they have these sort of parallel day where they're each learning things. But in the middle of that, there's this fable, the young man and the princess. And I won't say how that how that comes into the story, but it but it's kind of at the at the heart of it. So um, there's this point, there's this day where the young man comes home and the young man goes out every day and builds bridges and, and, and roads. He's a construction guy. And the, the princess, this is, she's not a wealthy princess. This is a different kind of fairy tale. She, uh, she paints 
in the living room. She and she sells the, her paintings. That's kind of how they live. Her paintings and his construction work, they get along. Okay. okay. He comes home one day and finds the house kind of dark, and the kitchen is there's nothing on the stove. The kitchen is cold, and she's in the bedroom on the bed sobbing. Mm-hmm. And he goes in and says, what's wrong? And she says, everything's wrong. My painting is a mess. It didn't work. And I, I've ruined something. It's their anniversary. He says, I've ruined our anniversary and everything is horrible. Mm-hmm. And he um, he tries to like fix it. And he, he tries to you know bring her something. And he tries to ask her what's wrong. He tries to reassure her that it'll all be fine. And nothing is really working. And he's feeling really clumsy. And so he goes and he makes her a bowl of soup, which he's not good at. And he brings it to her and leaves it there and then leaves and feels terrible and goes to sleep. And she goes to sleep. And it's just like, not a good day. Mm. And the next day they wake up and he wakes up and the curtains are drawn and the sun is shining and she's just happy as can be. And she says, thank you so much for being so understanding last night. It's like, what was I, how was I understanding? (laughs) The secret, this, this secret that's, that's, in this part of the story is what we call allow is allowing. And it's not as easy to see always as appreciating. Allowing is in the wedding vows. It's the, it's the in sickness and in health. This is the sickness part mm-hmm. for richer or poor. It's the poorer part. Mm-hmm. Allowing is what comes up when, when things aren't rosy, when things are difficult, when there's stress, when there's some catastrophe or calamity or hardship happening in the circumstance of of one or both of our lives. And, you know, what he did was he just let it be okay that she was crying and he didn't say, where's my supper? He tried to console her, but that really wasn't what she needed. He tried to tell her it would be okay. She didn't want to hear that. And that's true. Sometimes we often, I say we meaning humans, but I guess I also mean, I think this may be especially a male trade. I don't know. <laughs> but I know that I'll just say Adam and me, maybe a few other people. For sure. We want to like fix it. Something's wrong. Yeah. Let's fix it. Right. Yep. That's not always what's needed is to, is to rush in and say, well, tell me what's wrong and I will find the solution. Or what others, other, uh, you know, husbands or, or people may do is say, it's nothing. Don't feel so bad. This is silly. It's trivial. You're painting. Right. We'll get another painting. It's not a problem dismissing their feeling, telling them they don't feel that way, that they're making a mountain out of a molehill. Well, that certainly isn't helpful. Mm -hmm. What the princess needed was for him to just be okay, that she was having a really hard time, Mm -hmm. be gentle with her, give her space, bring her some soup, whether it was tasty or terrible. Anyway, he's trying and just give her, just give her some space. Yeah. That's what allowing is. Allowing is making room for the other person is letting them be who they are, the way they are, when they are that way, and not trying to make them be some different way. Mm. You know, the opposite of allowing is controlling. Mm. And allowing simply means resist the temptation to control the other person and try to force them to be a certain way. Mm. That's really good. So good. I'm like taking notes as you're speaking. I'm I'm loving it. I'm watching you. So cool. (laughs) Oh, wow. Well, these two secrets in and of themselves are so powerful. And I mean, I love that we got the practical side on one secret from you on it. And then we got the storytelling side of the other secret uh, from you, John. And then if we can 
just dive into the other three by reading the book. I think folks would do their marriage um, quite a favor. favor. Yeah. So thank you guys so much. This has been excellent. Um, So we want to find out from you guys where folks can get in contact with you. Where can they get more of your resources? And of course, your book. Yes. I think I should first say the book comes out on March 8th. Okay. So that's the um, that's the date. They'll actually it'll actually arrive in your mailbox if you if you've ordered it beforehand. We have a website which is simply gogivermarriage.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gogivermarriage.com, just like the book says, but no hyphen, just all one word. Okay. Um, and on that site, you'll find Anna and me our social links. Um, you can email. We're the ones who read that email. Nobody else reads our email. You can say whatever you want. It'll just be us that reads it. Um, we have a, a pre-order special for people who want order the book before it's out. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you pre-order on the site and, and uh, follow the follow the the breadcrumbs there, then you get a couple of special gifts, which includes some video masterclasses that we recorded just for the pre-order folks, and a, a fireside chat, a live Zoom fireside chat with Q and A that we're going to do a week after the book comes out. So cool! Oh, that's neat. All all at that site. Okay. Wow. Well, people awesome. go and find the book and pre-order the thing. Yes. We'll put it in the show notes, <laughs> gogivermarriage.com. Um, do you guys have any other resources that you'd like to recommend to people on this topic? We always ask each interviewee, any books or resources that you'd recommend? You ask an author. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm a great, um, I'm a great lover of Terry Reel's books, mm-hmm. uh, um, especially since I, I find that, um, Covert depression, which is depression that really isn't being acknowledged, hidden depression, if you will, mm-hmm. among men is really rampant in our society yes. because men are under so much pressure to be the breadwinner and the, mm-hmm. the you know, the athlete and the, yes. you know, all these things. And it's just not realistic. Um, so his book, I Don't Want to Talk About It, is a really powerful resource. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, anything, um, anything written by Harville Hendricks and Helen LaKelly Hunt insanely good mm-hmm. and uh, you know getting the love you want that's a really beautiful book it is and and you know also um dr john gottman has done more research on marriage than any person in the world mm-hmm. and you know his books are pretty amazing as well and really describe some of the worst things that you could be investing in in your marriage so yes. there's lots to um there's lots to investigate and um do you have any others john that you Really I'm going to mention that. I'm going to mention that Terry has a new book coming out in March as well. Coincidentally, yes, he does same time as ours. So he does. I don't even. Yeah. So that's worth looking into. He's he's one lovely thing about him, like everybody we've mentioned, is that he keeps growing and keeps learning and keeps you know. Yes. It's like yes. every every book is new. Every book is yeah. quite fresh. They're not not a rehash of the old stuff. So it's like mm-hmm. it's worth yeah. worth looking into. I really enjoy Terry. Real. We, yeah, we were able to to attend some. Of a couple of his uh, speaking mm-hmm. uh, seminars, seminars, and then yeah. he's a fabulous yeah. person. He totally. is great. I just awesome. adore him. Yeah. yeah. And how about some of your books? So you have the Go Giver. The well, the, I mean, I certainly would recommend the Go Giver. In the Go Giver <laughs> marriage, <laughs> I will just do some shameless promotion now. Of my <laughs> Please go um, ahead. The Go Giver marriage in the story part, the parable part. There are characters from all of the other Go Giver books that come back, oh, so wow. it's kind of like seeing a Star Wars movie and you know Jabba the Hutt and everybody else is in there. There's no Jabba the Hutt in this one, but yeah, um, that's good. But so yeah, it's fun. And I, I, 
want to hasten to say that if you haven't read any of the other Go-Giver books, it, it's okay. You don't need them to, to, to enjoy this book. Okay. But it is, um, it, you know, it might be fun for you to read the, the original Go-Giver and the Go-Giver Leader and, you know, and, and those books. Um, yeah. And also, I, it, it, yeah, I have a website, johndavidman.com, just my name.com, that has all my books on it. There are other parables they're not um, specifically marriage or relationship related parables, but all my parables are, are on that on that site. That's awesome. awesome. Thank okay. you so much. This has been an honor. Yes. Well, we, we close every single podcast by asking one question. If you can rewind back to the first few years of your marriage and give yourself advice um, and fill in the blank, dear young married couple, uh, maybe give yourself that advice. What would you say? I will defer to you, sweetheart. Well, um, I was married before in an unequally yoked marriage. Mm. And if I were able to say, dear young married couple, I would invite myself to really listen to the advice that my parents gave me at the time, Mm. which was they really discouraged me. Um, And they adored him but they were really, really worried about the future. And, and unfortunately, it did unwrap in exactly that way. Our, our faith was in two very, very different places. Mm-hmm. We had a child with special needs. And, you know, my neurologist warned me that, you know, about 90 to 95% of marriages with a child with special needs don't make it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. And, you know, it's a huge thing when, you know, all of a sudden your whole world is just changed by some event um, like that. So, yeah, I think that what I would say to young married couples, even more just generally, is be gentle with yourself. Remember that you both bring your history to this marriage. Yeah. Be loving, be compassionate, be gentle. Ask yourself, what would Jesus do? You know, because it's really there's so much power in giving to your spouse in ways that are just gentle and loving and constant. Mm -hmm. And it has such an impact on the marriage. And I just wish I had known that at an earlier age. Yeah. So good. That is good. Wow. And thanks for being vulnerable and sharing. I'm sure some premaritals listening need to hear that as well. They do. Yeah. How about for you, John? <laughs> you are such a good interviewer, I have to tell you. You are it's like, really. Like we're, we're sitting here. Anna and I are sitting here grinning because you guys are so good at this. Like, I love how you <laughs> you singled her out for the practical advice. You got me to tell the storytelling part. Like that's really <laughs> nobody nobody else has done that. That's really really good. Um, for me, I mean, I would say you know when Anna and I were first together, um, and when when we were first in love and in that romantic tingle, I wanted to get married right now. <laughs> and she was like, no. Um, and, and I mean, I, I, my, my feeling, the way it felt to me was, if I don't get married to you right now, I'll die. That's just mm. all. It's just not, nothing big, not a big deal. I'll die. That's all. And she said, no, no, no. I think I think no, you, you won't. Wait. <laughs> yeah, you won't die. First off, you will not die. And also, I, th- I think you need to, I think we need to wait. I think you need to wait. I think we need, you need to, I had also been married before and, and I had rushed into the first marriage with the same absolute conviction and, and, and confidence that I needed to do that right now. And in that case, I did do it right now. Mm-hmm. I would wish 
dear young married couple, that somebody would tell you what Anna told me, <laughs> which was, wait, wait a second, take a breath, just mm. take a breath. Um, I have known people who got married at 19. And you know what, 50 years later, it's just still fantastic. I wish I, I'm amazed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in awe. But yeah. that was not my situation. Sure. I would say, wait, take a breath. Make sure you know who you are. Mm -hmm. Or at least you've really earnestly and with humility set your foot on the path of figuring that out. Mm -hmm. um, because you don't want to get married and then five years later start saying, oh, wait a minute. I'm just kind of figuring out who I am in this universe. Right. Um, so just this may be the right, this may be the right one. This may be the right relationship, but if it is, it'll still be the right relationship a year from now. Mm -hmm. That's so, good. Yeah. Thank Slowly you and, and really thoughtfully and prayerfully going like you into said it. That. Yeah. It's yes. worth it. It's worth yes. it. It's worth it. It's a lifetime of unpacking suitcases and exploring continents and, and more joy than you can even imagine. But it's worth it to take a breath. Yes. Oh, all right. So if you're a dating or engaged couple, listen, listen up. And a broken <laughs> engagement is okay. We're, we're big preachers of that for sure. So hopefully that was a, a good word for some folks listening. You guys, thank you. This has been so enriching. Absolutely incredible nuggets of wisdom yes. for folks mm -hmm. to pour into their marriage. And we appreciate you both. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much. We're we're gonna get this book and read it. Too. Yes, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. You. It's been so great to be here and thank you for hosting us. Thank you so much. All right, friends. We really hope that you got a ton out of today's conversation. And if you want help, if you want personal guidance with individual counseling or couples counseling, or even help with you as a couple reaching the goals you have, just reach out. Give us a call at 916-678-1797 or shoot us an email at hello at dearyoungmarriedcouple.com. No matter where you are in the world or in your marriage, we can set up a counseling session with you and we can work toward progress. We also post marriage advice regularly on our Instagram, which is at Dear Young Married Couple. And we'd love for you to join us in conversation there. All right. See you next week.